Welcome to Denny Territories the World, my way. If you're a foodie, this is the show for you. Welcome back, foodies. If you are a foodie, this is a show for you. This is episode 23, and I've got two amazing guests with me. Before I get into that, I want to welcome our new listeners from Australia, Spain, and the Netherlands. Welcome, friends. Next time you come to Disney World, make sure you stop in and see me. So tonight, I got a special episode. I got two culinary gangsters with me. Two of Orlando's rock stars in the Orlando foodie scene, Stephanie Krupp, AJ Haynes. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So we're going to interview guys one at a time because so Stephanie and AJ are a couple and they're both rock stars in the food industry, like I said. So we're going to interview Stephanie first and then we're going to interview AJ. So I don't, you know, ask you guys the same questions and have us talking over each other. Now. Before I butcher the name of where you work, is it Chachula? It is not. Is it Chalola? Nope. Could you please say what it is? This is the most common uh, question we get, and it is <laughs> Shulala. I would have not, you, I would have guessed a hundred times and not said that. <laughs> Shulala, kind of like ooh la la, but yes. Shulala. Because we we specialize in uh, pad of shoe, so ah. we've got the little shoe puffs. So where I'm from, because I'm such a New Yorker, pad of shoe is called shoe paste. <laughs> So, for people that don't know what that is, that's like a cream puff mix, yeah. basically. Yeah, where you make the cream puffs, the eclairs. And you definitely specialize in that because you have some of the best cream puffs I've ever had. Thanks. And the eclair. <laughs> she gave me an eclair that was to die for. So, there's two locations, right? Yes. So. We've got um, one off of 436. It's between Aloma and Hell Branch. And then over in Park Avenue as well. Um, so, the 436 one is one where you can just stop get what you need to go. Um, but if you're over in Park Avenue, that's more of a little date night after dinner, stop in, get some desserts. Um, so I haven't yeah. been to the 436 one, but the Park Ave one is prime location. Yes. I mean, it's cool, cool. You can you can go have dinner out in Park Ave, wherever. There's mm -hmm. other great restaurants. Don't get dessert there, wherever you're at. <laughs> go to her place afterwards and telling you guys you will thank me later and to all the listeners around the world when you're coming to disney world go yeah go to disney stand in line for four hours to get on a ride you'll sweat you'll be miserable and know what you're gonna need is the dessert you have to come check this place out it's killer stuff so park ave location is to die for i haven't been to the other one but i will be there let's get some info on you though so where are you from originally um, I was actually born in Oregon, um, but I grew up here in Castleberry, Florida. We came down when I was six. So, so I, you're a Floridian? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Where did you, so you went to high school out here? I did. I went to Lyman High School. Okay. I know a lot of people there that went mm -hmm. there. So how did it start for you, though? Like, you obviously love food. You obviously love baking. But was it like a family thing? Like, were you young? Like, when did you find the love for it? So I always liked it. Like when I was smaller, my mom would always call me Buddy Crocker because I was always in there like baking cakes and stuff. But I didn't really, didn't really like pop in my head that I can actually do this as a job until I was like 25, 26. Because um, I was serving and I was like, okay, I can't do this forever. What do I want to do? And I'm like sitting in the kitchen trying to think. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, wait a minute. I do like I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm like, this can be a job. I was Oh, well, this. <laughs> so nice. I looked into going to <clears throat> Le Cordon Bleu, which I did. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? That's a great school. Yeah, cooking or baking. I was like, well, 
I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty good cook already. And I want to know more of the technicalities of baking. So I went for that. Baking is a whole nother beast. I didn't go to yes. culinary school. I've just been working in the restaurant for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have mad respect for all the people that did go through the hard work and studying. And baking is a whole nother beast, though, because you can screw it up in one tiny fraction of whatever. I mean, I still screw it up sometimes. <laughs> we call those learning experiences. I'm like, well, I, I know better. And I'll be like, no, maybe it'll be different this time. And I'm like, no, it's not different. Stop doing that. <laughs> oh my, so were you in school with my chef, Jason Wolf? I think he said he went to school with you or very close or something. Maybe. Because that school had like a ton of yeah, Orlando all-stars come out of there. Yeah. Like he was telling me all the people he went to school with there. And I was like, holy shit, they're all running the restaurants in Orlando now. <laughs> So yeah, that place put out some killer chefs. Um, so what was the hardest part of the actual school experience? Because I, again, I didn't do that. I just, I got, so my story is this. Mm -hmm. I was a bad kid. I moved here from New York and couldn't get along with the other kids. And I got expelled from high school in 10th grade. And I've never, I, since that, <laughs> the, fir the first week of 10th grade, I was expelled. And I never set foot in a school again. I went to work immediately at 15 and I opened my first restaurant when I was 18 and I've been just doing that since my whole life. So that's all I know yeah. is work your ass off to survive because I had nowhere to live. I had to work to pay my bills. And then I ended up getting a restaurant when I was young. Very luckily this guy like that I was working for, he couldn't do it anymore. He sold me the restaurant at the age of 18 years old. So I didn't even go to school. So every time I meet people like you who actually did it the right way, like, <laughs> I don't know if there's any right way. <laughs> I'm telling you. So what was the actual hardest part of the school process? Oh, God. Um, I don't know if there was really a hard. The only parts I didn't like were like um, the school, like the actual school part, which is like English and stuff like that. English math and but like the I, actual scientific yeah, bookwork of it. Yeah, I, I had already done that. So I didn't have to do that in the Cordon Blue. And I just had to do the fun part, which was learning how to bake and all that. I mean, we didn't really have homework. Was it really hands-on though? You guys were cooking oh, yeah. the whole time and stuff? That's really cool. Yeah, it was. So it made oh it enjoyable. God. Absolutely. Because I'm a very hands-on person. So I need to actually be doing it. Like listening to someone, I'm just like, I'll, I'll zone out. <laughs> right on. So when, when did you graduate from there? I should have looked that up. Um, it <laughs> was, oh God, it's been so long. We're um, drinking folks, by yeah, the way. There's that too. <laughs> I think it was 2014. Okay. And what was your first, from there, what was your first job as a certified? Like, um, my first, like, well, I kept, so I was serving at the time when uh -huh. I was going to school, um, because that paid the bills and it's good money. You, can't, uh, you like, know what? <laughs> I say that everyone in the world should serve for at least two years of their life. Oh, absolutely. Because you learn like a lot about so the, much. Oh my God. I had a great time serving. Yeah. Um, so I kept that, but I did get a job over at a uh, puff and stuff was my first like okay. chef job. And I was like, all right. So. so for the people that don't know about this around the world, puff and stuff's one of the biggest catering companies in Orlando. If you live in this area, you know Puffin Stuff. You've been to a wedding that Puffin Stuff has catered. <laughs> like, chances are you've had their food if you live in Orlando. Yes. And they're still doing it. Mm -hmm. I, the, owner, the, the chef of Puffin Stuff just came to my Italian market the other day trying to buy some guanciale. He's trying to do, like, a carbonara or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, you ever heard of Puffin Stuff? I was like, no, no, no dude. No. I live under a freaking <laughs> rock. So after you went to Puffin Stuff, was yes. there any stops in between that and Shalula? Well, I... So when I went to Puff and Stuff, they're like, hey, we're opening up Chef's Commissary. Who wants to go help open that up? And I was like, I'll do it. Nice. <laughs> so I 
went to that part of it and it was like near the airport, but it was fun because it was a brand new thing. I got to help make some of the recipes there. Um, we did a lot of, we did a lot of pate choux, so a nice. lot of cream puffs and some cakes. So back to puff stuff real quick. Yep. Were you, when you were there, were you doing primarily uh, desserts for them or was it like yeah. cooking? Okay, yeah, so you were there basically. The yeah. Um, but with puff and stuff, it wasn't there too long because they wanted to get chef's commissary. So I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's do nice. it. <laughs> it was primarily desserts over there. Any so. other stops between there and where um, you are now? Then I did the Orange County Convention Center, but that was like one week. And I was, not I, your uh, cup of tea? No, that was not for me. <laughs> well, that's such a, um, I guess working there would be very odd. Like it's not a restaurant where people are coming yeah. in all the time. It's conventions basically, right? It was, like it was massive amounts big, or whatever. A lot of people. It was hard to find someone like in charge. Because I, like I fried zucchini for hours like, <laughs> when do i stop <laughs> i've seen you've seen it too in the restaurant world folks like without a good leader and good management it's just yeah it, it's a what do they call it, like a rudderless boat mm -hmm. it's, it's a disaster yeah basically. i wasn't gonna learn anything so i was like all right next mm -hmm. so you are the executive uh, pastry chef now yes. at shalula Right. Yeah. Okay. I said it right for the first time in my life. <laughs> Every time I tell people about it, because I love the freaking desserts there. And when I tell people about it, they're like, wait, what's it called? I was like, I, don't, I know I'm not saying it right, but this is what it's spelled here. Here's it our freaking like link. <laughs> so I'm glad I learned something today. Yeah. Just think like shoes on your feet and then ooh la la, shoe la la. Shoe -la, -la. <laughs> So I'm going to kiss the butt of shoe -la, la for a minute and pump them up because I'm telling you guys, when you go there, I haven't had everything, but the macaroons were some of the best I've ever had. I'm like, really proud of this. <laughs> I actually saw a picture of you. You made a freaking giant one. Oh, yeah. It was like a I We mean, did a, um, uh, a gelato stuffed uh, macaron. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. That looked freaking awesome. And I had the little ones that were to die for. Um, the Like I said, the eclair was one of the best I've ever had. It was like a, it wasn't like the, see, I'm from New York. Eclair is usually a big fat yeah. thing. These were thin patachou eclairs that were just delightful. Oh, my God. They're not your desserts. Also, what I love about your desserts, they're not too sweet. Yeah, um, we're more of the flavor forward than the sugar forward. <laughs> I hate the desserts that like hurt my teeth and make me feel like crap afterwards. Yeah, you know, at least your desserts are, yeah, like you said, very flavorful. Yeah, I don't, I don't want too sugary stuff. <laughs> so, I hate to talk about this, but we have to on every show now. So, COVID, were you at Shalula during COVID? Yes. Mm -hmm. And how did that affect you guys specifically? Uh, I mean. With COVID, the worst part was probably just finding people that wanted to work, just like everyone else. Right. It just that was that was the main issue. So um, they closed you guys down, right? Yeah. They couldn't mm -hmm. you couldn't dine in. Um, were you guys doing a lot of to go, or were you just fighting for your life trying to? No, so we shut down for a bit, um, and then we like we got all set up when we back when we went back open, like plexiglass and masks and yeah the sanitizer and all that stuff so um i don't know i feel like and because there's a counter we're not really like up and close with the customers so i mm -hmm. think it was it was pretty good um the display case kind of kept a distance there nice so we people around the world don't understand COVID sucked i get it it sucked for the whole world yeah but us in florida People look at us and they say, wow, you guys haven't made. Our governor made it. I was like, all right, it's over. Just freaking take off the mask. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, I was. I travel a lot for this show, mm -hmm. and I did New York and California, and it was like, I mean, at that point, Florida, we were wide open again. 
I go to California. They wouldn't let me into a restaurant without a freaking mask and a card saying I was clean. I'm like, what is happening? So Florida, we did, if you to compare it to other states, we had it better than they mm -hmm. did, but um, it still sucked. Yeah. Well, so um, I became part owner of Shulala at the beginning of this year. So Congratulations. Thank you. Um, my business partner, Elizabeth, she's French. So um, she goes back and forth. And during that time, she was stuck in France and she couldn't get back here. But they, oh my God, the things they had to do, like they had to get, oh, like, just to get in and yeah, out of the Oh my they God. They couldn't even, so when she, she was at her house, like they were stuck there. They needed like a permission slip to even go to the <laughs> grocery store. Unbelievable. So when she came, when she was finally able to come to Florida, she was just thankful so much so that makes i didn't know that so your partner's french that makes a lot of sense because your, your desserts are very french inspired um it reminds me of a french bakery yeah. like i guess it is <laughs> <laughs> well i worked with a lot of french um chefs and i went to the south of france uh before covid and i trained with uh philip sagon and nice. yeah so i got to learn some things hands-on and it was great like i'm always up for new things and learning um, I, there, I will never be opposed to learning so, new things. So, south of France, like, yeah. how was that? Oh, it was beautiful. Food was great. Um, Elizabeth is very much a foodie as well, so she knew all the hot spots to go to, and it, like, So you guys ate, like, perfect. Yeah. I, I can all imagine. The wines, I love all that the, French-style yeah. cooking. It's very, like, buttery and, like, rich and stuff yeah. like that, but, God, like it's so and good. Cheese? Like, oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know how those people stay in, like, good shape. Because their it, food is so rich. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're and they eat late. So I'm like, I heard that was bad. <laughs> right. But. So you guys, you and AJ are both foodies. Um, mm -hmm. And I love foodies. I connect with them. I mean, we, we're hitting it off right now. So Orlando's food scene, I'm going to be honest, when I moved here in mid-90s, mm -hmm. it sucks. Yeah. It was chain <laughs> land. I called it chain land. It was Applebee's and all the other chains, you know. But man, oh man, I am so proud of this city because of the last 20 years, especially, it has just blossomed into this foodie paradise if you know where to go, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I see you guys are always out and about. Like, what would you say are a couple of hidden gems that you actually, like, people want to know where foodies want to go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, where where do you and AJ actually, say it's date night, say you don't have to work and you want to go somewhere. <laughs> Where would you go? It, it could be a freaking hole in the wall. We're looking for good food. I mean, there's always Taco Bell. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Although that is my guilty pleasure. Hey, I'll, I'm take off crunch, work, I'll take a, what is it called? I'll take a cheesy gordita crunch once in a while. My dirty little secret. I'm like, oh, people can't know about this. But <laughs> They used to do this thing called the Cholito back in the day. It was like a chili cheese burrito. And everyone <laughs> loved it. And they sold a million of them. And then they stopped doing it like 15 years ago. And, and I've been waiting. Yeah. If I see a commercial <laughs> that thing came back, I'll go eat Jilly Cheese um, Burrito. Again. I heard, I, I think I saw something that it may be coming back. They're doing don't some sort of revamp. Talk dirty oh. to me. No, don't, don't. And I'm going to even use it like, I'm going to switch it like your restaurant. I'm going to call it the Shalito. Because <laughs> <laughs> it makes you Shalito after you eat la, la. it. <laughs> so, where would you guys okay. go? What, what, so, what are your hidden gems? Because mine are always like Taste of Chengdu. Yeah. Um, a couple others, one that I really love that are hole in the walls that like people don't know. Don't give me no chains. Like, where? where no, no, yeah. Huh? Oh yeah, King Cajun is definitely okay. So I've never there. been. I've heard of this place. It's good. Oh, it's so good. So like, I see like messy. Was it, crab legs. And yeah, it's a, a Cajun boil, and it's just like you just get messy and in there, and it's just so good. The shebang sauce is 
The shebang sauce. That's what I mean. Oh my god, it's boss. Oh man, <laughs> that sauce is boss. So King Cajun, I'll definitely check that out and I'll report on it. Because we usually do restaurant reviews on the show. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely check out King Cajun. I'll put that Best. on the list. Any others that like you guys really like or, and it can be high yeah. end if you want to go high end. I mean. One of the best meals I ever had was at um, uh, what was it? Victoria and Albert's. Like, definitely. Okay. Like, that was that was. I mean, that, that was years is ago, five star, ridiculously nice. It, and so anybody I coming to like, Orlando, damn. Victoria and Albert's, that place is number one. Like, right? they, they I, did I, good. They had a water list. I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, it was like a wine list, but been. with water. <laughs> I haven't I been. Like, All right. Fancy. I mean, I've only heard my, my purse had a seat as well. They brought like a little Are stool you me? for my purse. And I was like, this is this And is this nice. is like, uh, this is, you're there for the evening. This yeah. is not like you're going to oh, eat real yeah. quick and leave, right? You're there for a three, four hour experience type mm -hmm. of thing. And uh, let me ask you about Victorian Albert. So did, can you order or is it just a set menu? Uh, it was a set menu when we went there. So it was I've already, heard, yeah. But I hear it's just like top, top notch. Yeah, they, they did it very well. Um, I look forward a, to going a meal there. I will never forget. So, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, good luck getting a spot in there if you come to Orlando, <laughs> folks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I just had um, at Hotel over in Kissimmee. That was really delicious as well. They have a um, like a what is it? I can't remember, but it's like a tuna pizza, but it's like huh. sushi, and it, it it was just amazing. You guys into really sushi? Good. Uh yes. So, what's your go-to sushi spot? Kabuki. Kabuki? Okay. <laughs> yes. So Kabuki's number one, guys. If you have oh, Mendo, if you live in Orlando, you know Kabuki. I love Kabuki. I love Wa. Uh, Wa Sushi in uh, Kesselberry yeah. is really I've good. I've been too. a Wa. Wa's awesome. There, there's, a, there's a lot of good ones and there's a lot of crap <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful. I definitely got food poisoning from sushi yes. before and it was not fun. <laughs> like, so you're making desserts. So your boyfriend runs and and Hog? Yes. And you do the desserts for there? Is I that do. what it is? Yeah, and I do some specialty desserts. Like he'll he he's got some of the ones we offer at um Shul a lot, but I make specialty ones like um a hummingbird cake. Um so it's like a banana bread and a, a pineapple upside down cake made of baby, and that's what this is nice. with some cream cheese icing. Um, that sounds freaking awesome. Yeah. It, we do a uh, pecan pie tart. Uh so, yeah, so just Oh, and I can't forget the uh, banana pudding creme brulee. <laughs> oh, my God. So definitely check that out. You can have some of her. You can kill two birds with one stone. You can exactly. have a great meal and her desserts. <laughs> and we're not far from each other, too. And so. let me tell you how cool these people are. They show up at my house. It's Sunday at my house. You know I'm cooking, everybody. You know, I got crab sauce on the stove. I've got charcuterie sitting out. They come with a box, like a freaking <laughs> two box. Like a, how many desserts are in that box? 15, 20? Uh, like 20. Something. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all beautiful. So I'm before my. I'm gonna be so mad if we go downstairs and my kids ate them all. <laughs> That's what I was thinking as we were walking downstairs. God I was like, damn it! Ooh. I don't know why I didn't put them away. <laughs> well, if they didn't eat them all, I'm gonna definitely take some photos and post them on this episode so you can see her skills because it's ridiculous. So, do you guys like to travel? Oh, I. I mean, I do. you went to South of France. So like, yeah. So what's, no. your, what's your dream trip? If you can go anywhere in the world, you don't have to work anymore. You got millions of dollars. Where are you going? Oh shit. Um, so I've never been to Italy yet. I'd love to be like, go to Italy, Greece, Spain. Um, yeah. That whole area. Just, yeah. yeah. I got to hit up all of it. <laughs> yes. That, that's pretty much. One of the best places I've been to is, um, New Zealand. I love New Zealand. Oh, you've been? I yes. can die to go there. Um, New Zealand and Switzerland are like beautiful. on my list. Oh yeah. I want to go to Switzerland. I go so bad. 
Yeah, but New Zealand was cool. Yeah, I like. I definitely want to go back. <laughs> but you need like a good a good month at least. Right, any place like that, even Italy, anywhere like that, yeah. you need three to three weeks at minimum. Mm-hmm. Minimum, exactly. But yeah. I want two months. So yeah, <laughs> I'm like so stressed out because we were talking downstairs about how the labor shortage and just the restaurant business in general is a lot harder than it used to be because COVID messed everything up. But food costs is astronomical. It's unprecedented what I'm paying for food and all you guys too. And then to get the food is a whole other thing. Oh, we can't get it. The labor, the transportation. But the labor shortage, is it's just hard to find good help. So I've been like so stressed out about this. I um, We get this beach house every August in New Smyrna. New Smyrna Beach is a place um, not far from Orlando. It's a great little beach. Um, it's my favorite. We go there. I kind of grew up out there when I moved from New York. So I was sitting at the restaurant the other day, like, ready to fire everybody. <laughs> and I was just like, gosh, like, why? Just having one of those days, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I called. I was like, hey, can I get that beach house, like, this month? <laughs> and, and in August, they were like, yes, go. Dude, I'll drive to work and then drive all the way back to New Samarita. I don't care. I just need to wake up on the beach for a couple of days because it's, like, kind of, you know, like. I love waking up to the Stress beach. relieving or rejuvenating or something. Yes, I need that in my life. So where are you going from here? Like, what, what, what's your dreams? Like, what, what do you want to do with your career? My dream is to just be rich and not have to work. Yes, <laughs> no. yes. I mean, you no. keep making the fucking cream puffs and the eclairs the way you do. No. It won't take you much longer because yeah. I'm telling you, you got it dialed in. I do love doing, like, I love what I do. Um, but like you said, it is stressful. It's tiring. But I'll always love it. I'll always do it. Um, but I do. I would like a little break here. And you there. know what's funny? <laughs> Every time I talk to people like us in our industry, yeah. we always complain about the same things. <laughs> but the things that we're complaining about are ten percent of our time. Really, like yeah. a lot. Of, there's a lot of great. This the reason we do this is because the industry we're in is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying downstairs, it beats going out in the sun and. Doing construction, yeah, you know, especially here in Florida. Especially oh, here in Florida, I see these guys on the roof in June. I'm like, oh my god, I would jump off that roof. So there's all. It's an exciting. Uh, so if you're a kid out there listening to this and you're wondering, oh, I love food and and I want to maybe get into this industry, do don't it. Do it. She's like, don't do it. <laughs> don't. No, do it because it's always. No, please do it. It's exciting, <laughs> and and I want to taste y'all's food one day. I want yeah. I want I want you guys to be creative and as much as we've been. I mean. Shit, in this room right here, there's three of us sitting here. Between us, we got a hundred years of freaking restaurant stuff in our lives. It's God, I just said that. I sounded so old. <laughs> but that's not counting me. That's not counting your <laughs> no. ears. But point is, like, we'll never know everything. You know oh, what I mean? Never. There's we learn something every day. So yeah. all these young people out there, go for it, you know. If you're a restaurant owner in Florida, you need to listen to this. Tartufo Prestige is an amazing company that you need to be dealing with. Any Michelin star restaurants in Florida already use these guys. They're an Italian-based company, but they offer luxury truffles and mushrooms from around the world. Tornatores uses these guys and could not be happier. Come to Tornatores, check out that mushroom parpadel that everyone buys, or the truffle pasta. These dishes would not be possible without my friend Kevin over at Tartufo Prestige. If you want the best truffles, the best mushrooms, and the best service, give my man a call at 321 442 3040. Tell him Denny Tornator eats the world my way sent you. So, AJ, we're going to dive right into your life. Sounds good. <laughs> so, uh, Truffle Prestige, you ever, you ever use those guys? 
No, I have not. You have to. They got no seriously killer truffles, killer mushrooms. They sell these wild mushrooms. I'm gonna give the guy your number, and he'll send you a text every week of what he has. It's it's amazing stuff. Sounds good. So, you have been around the block in the culinary scene just a little bit. <laughs> no, this guy. So AJ is super experienced, a super um, interesting guy because I like to pick his brain. Um, so let's start at the beginning though. Okay, we're gonna go back to your childhood. Where did your love for food and this passion you have start uh grew up in Oshkosh, wisconsin um my mother's side of the family owned a restaurant called poochies on rugby in Oshkosh. Um, all the sisters my uncle mikey who was the youngest all worked there my great 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 aunt helen ran the kitchen for everybody so i spent a lot of weekends and when the parents wanted to get away going over there and cooking and hanging out with her my grandfather on my dad's side was a self-acclimated chef like well, he taught himself type of thing? Or? Well, he worked in the Navy as a chef, as a cook. Okay. Uh, worked at a place in St. Paul, Minneapolis. And then after that, ended up working at a place called Marinette Marine, which was building all the battleships and minesweepers and cruisers and stuff like that, and had a love for cooking. Nice. So I would spend a couple of weeks out of the year up at their house in Marinette, Wisconsin, and we'd watch all the cooking shows, like anybody and everybody. So my thing was, as a kid, like, being able to do all my little impersonations of all the cooks, but we would go and after watching some of those shows, go in the kitchen and make stuff out of the cookbooks. Like he had a wall that was probably 25 by eight foot tall filled with cookbooks. So we'd pull one that's out awesome. and work our way through it. That's a lost thing, man. Nobody does the cookbooks. Everyone's online now. Oh, it's all online. But I love the actual book in hand. And then my neighbors growing up uh, on the left-hand side of the house were from Thailand. The neighbors that moved down on the right spent a lot of time over in Dubai and Egypt and stuff like that. So they had friends and stuff that would come and stay. So I was able to hang out and cook with them. Ah, so that's where you got the multicultural. Because you, 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 you do a lot of different diversity in your cooking. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what brought you to Florida? How'd you get here? The clean <laughs> version. <laughs> uh, spent a lot of time doing a lot of different things. My mom and dad and friends have always said, Jack of all trades and kind of like a master of all of them. So uh-huh. I've done my grandfather growing up was like, learn how to do all this stuff yourself. Don't pay somebody else to do all this stuff, you know, doing construction, building houses, electrical, welding, metal fab, working on cars, doing all this other stuff, boat motors, boat engines. I've done all that stuff. I've uh-huh. gone and done all these different jobs for the longest time. But going back to anything and everything that I did, cooking was always like the happiest moments. Watching the smiles on people's faces come across and seeing that and That's knowing why that. I do it. Look, you know, trying to be able to create other things. I've always been, like, very creative. Like, I had an art background to start off with. So, mm-hmm. like, everything I felt up to this point is kind of, like, worked its way into my culinary degree. And yeah, love. you, you kind of put it in place to, towards your style. And thank God I did all that because owning a restaurant and having to do all this <laughs> stuff, like, I can fix my coolers, I can fix anything. Oh, the dude, AC you probably problems, save like, yourself a ton of money. So <laughs> I'm the opposite of that. I can't fix anything. And I'm constantly paying these AC guys and stuff. Well, it was about a month ago. I had a, a fryer go down. It was busted. Guy told me $1,000 to come in and fix it. He'll be there on Tuesday morning, da-da-da. I looked it up, pulled up the schematics off of Imperial, <laughs> found the part in town for $154 and took 20 minutes to fix it myself. Nice. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. That, pulling, that pulling the pays for itself. <laughs> so you being from Wisconsin, is that where you're – because, all right, so what you guys don't know – is AJ's a master of sausages, salamis, making, making um, charcuterie meats and stuff like that. Like you taught me, we were talking. I was I was impressed when we were talking about that stuff. So is that a Wisconsin thing or? Uh, that was my grandfather. 
on my dad's side, you know, doing a lot of stuff like that in the house and little wine cooler. You yeah. even set stuff up where he had an old refrigerator downstairs with a, a keg cooler operator on it where it would hold the temperature and we'd put a little dehumidifier and stuff in there, learn how to make different sausages, and then a lot of the whole meat, charcuterie meats and curing it, you know. Yeah, you weigh were blowing my mind with that stuff. Like it's, you're talking about some of the flavors and stuff. I was like, that sounds awesome. And I did a lot of this stuff when I was at Wolfie's Pizza Mia. I came in there and was able to take over a program that another chef had started and kind of saw some of the things that were going on, like, this is not right. There's So we picked up some more wine coolers, started doing inoculation of some of the sausages and stuff like that, you know, you know, cooking them for four or five hours, taking them to 90 degrees and letting them hold, and then jumping bacteria off of one set, because I'd buy a soprasada and keep the casing. Yeah, and then to, we to jump, transfer the bacteria? Transfer the bacteria over, and then a lot of the whole meat muscles and stuff like that. Like, I started changing stuff. I had a... Amaretti family, they do a lot of the local liqueurs and stuff like that in Italy. They've been around okay. forever. So they came in and ate one day. And the guy's like, you got to come back over to Italy and show these guys how to do it. Because I was putting, <laughs> importing, like bringing in lavender and rose petal and, you know, orange and fennel. and like nobody, stuff, But people aren't doing that. But people, nobody's awesome. doing that. So those flavors would be hints of stuff that would come out. And that's exactly what I was just always just looking for. We are going to have to uh, mess around. We, we've been talking about it. We're going to have to do something. I got some stuff Soon. in the works, and we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do something like that, man. I'm so so by just by chance. So you, I met you through Stephanie, and but Years I ago. but I met you before, yeah, because, long time ago, yeah. So when I when you came in with her, I was like, wait a minute, I I remember you because we were at a Cheney Brothers food show, and you were working with Pizza Bruno at the time, and for the people around the world that don't know what I'm talking about, Cheney Brothers, Cisco, GFS, Performance, US Food, these are all food companies that restaurants in, or in America buy their food from. But I would say Cheney Brothers puts on the best food show. Like they, they spend the most, right? They spend the most money. They give you hotels. They, you get freaking hammered. It's like a party. <laughs> it's definitely a party. But the diversity of the food and the stuff and the ideas that they throw at you and the stuff that you're able to see and like know what you can work into your restaurant and you know get pricing and stuff like that right away and then a lot of the shows there's buyer discounts so you say you're gonna right. get this for the rest of the year we're gonna you're getting deals you're getting deals like you wouldn't believe so we got introduced we had the same rep so pizza bruno for you people that don't know is kind of my competition bruno's a nice guy whatever we're friendly competition i'd say so you work there so i get it this is aj he's the manager at pizza bruno and i right away i'm like oh my competition's here <laughs> but you couldn't have been nicer you know, and, and we, we had a nice conversation and stuff. So you were at Bruno for a while. Correct. And that was his original location. Yep, right up until COVID hit. Now we got uh, me and the executive chef, myself, and the uh, general manager got fired. Walked in one day, said, you guys you got to all go. After we created the whole program to <sighs> take over and keep the business going during COVID. So he did that to you during COVID? Right before. Oh, my God. Uh, he's got that reputation. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I, I, there was a time when I walked in there and was just hired, and he just fired his entire staff. So like, from Ooh. from there, where did you? So wait, so when he hired you, he had just fired his staff before. Yeah. So that's his pattern. Yeah. So from there, where'd you go? Well, my dad and my mother at that point in time was like, everything happens for a reason in life. And the very next day, I got a call from my very own restaurant. So there was a, a spot that was open in Thornton Park, which was where Mason Jar Provisions opened up. Okay. But it was the very next day at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Like, Get out. All fate. right. Well, here we go. This is fate. You were upset for one night. <laughs> You're like, oh, guess what? Here's my opportunity. Pretty much. At that point, it was like, all right, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I mean. So you went in there to to, to run that place, to, to take over, right? Mm -hmm. It's your menu and stuff, right? You build it? 
That place well, had a great the, reputation. A lot of the pizzas and stuff that they were already on there. I started a, a pasta program, mm-hmm. started working our way into that, all from scratch, made pastas, had a bunch of stuff. There was some recipes that I had eaten there before. Like, all right, we're we're gonna we're gonna upgrade this a little bit, like longer cook times on braised octopus and things like that. So So what I love about your cooking style though is the diversity. Like you can really you're a great Italian chef. You got the all these other influences. Like Hen and Hog is where is your place now. Correct. And would you consider that what Southern cuisine? What Southern you, would you, Southern fusion. Southern fusion. <laughs> so I t- I go around. I go shopping on my days off, and like I'll go hit Danga. I'll go tr- uh-huh. hit Lotte Market. I'll go hit iFresh. I go hit a lot of different spots and stuff like that. Look at the shelves and like pull stuff together. But it's the ingredients and stuff that I use in all my recipes is not what you would consider Southern. Right. Well, when did you open? Uh. He's on September 1st, and I think we opened up on the 22nd for our soft opening. So you're going for your your anniversary is coming up. Yeah, one year. Um, The place gets rave reviews. The food speaks for itself. Um, Go online. If you're not from around here and you're planning a trip to Orlando, go online, look the place up, and check out the food. And you can visit his girlfriend right around the corner for dessert. It's amazing. So you're going to get the best of both worlds at Hen and Hog. Um, So you've had a rough road, though, with health right now. Oh, yeah. It's been a long year. <laughs> Gosh, man. I feel we were talking about it earlier downstairs, and, uh, man, I feel for you, bro. So give a little quick rundown of what's going on, um, the challenges of running a restaurant right now and having to go through health issues. I had di- I've had diverticulitis my entire life. Um, it was January 25th. I remember it like it was yesterday. Woke up in that morning and had some of the, the pains in the side. It feels like someone's sticking a knife into you. Twisting it every, like every 20, 25 minutes. I'm like, oh all right, there's no way I can work like this today. So I'm going to go home, crash, see what we look, what we get to tomorrow morning. I think it was 11 o'clock, 1130 at night. I woke up 104 fever and drenched in sweat. So I was like, oh, this is hospital visit time now. Holy crap. Uh, set me up for emergency surgery the next morning. And from there, it's been pretty much a nightmare. Because you were supposed to have the surgery and get better. Yeah. And, and it just didn't work that way, did it? I've got another surgery coming up. Uh, <sighs> end of this month but you know hernia is popping through where they did the incision cuts and things like that uh the swelling of the stomach people what you know what drives me nuts about it is the general public doesn't understand how hard it is to do what we're doing and with your health issues it makes it 10 times harder and everybody knows everything oh you should do this you should do that well try doing that with a freaking hernia and a needing operation like people don't get it you know people are bitching about your hours this and that Physically, you can't work 18-hour days like you normally do. And then to even try to find the help to take over for the time that you're not there and to be able to do the things that you do in your restaurant is, well, um, it's kind of, it, it's very hard to pull that from that and find. And you seem like the kind of guy that cares about quality and consistency, so you're not going to sacrifice and say, oh, well, guess what, I'm going to pay Joe Schmo to run the place while I'm in the hospital because the quality is going to go down and you're not going to accept that, right? Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> but. Other people are greedy, and they will. <laughs> They'll say, I want to be open. I want to pay, whatever. But you, if you don't care about your quality, you know enough about this business, you ain't going to be around. Yeah, 100%. So I want to wish you good luck with these health issues, man. I feel for you, brother. I know you're going to be all right, but, you know, it's a rough road you've been on. The second, you know, this new surgery coming up, like I was after the last one, like supposed to be getting better. Everything is supposed to be taking care of itself. You know, had to pull back the amount of hours that we were open. I mean, it's still two or three hours of prep before we open the doors. Stay open till seven. Like when we started out, it was ten to nine, and right. it was great. But, but to be on your feet that long food. and doing everything from scratch and running like yeah. that every day, it's almost impossible now. 
Well, my body's going to break first. down. If you're healthy, you're wealthy. Health is first. And if you try to work like that, you're only going to kill yourself. I mean, it's, I'm digging my own hole. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, so worry about your health. Get better, man. And one thing I love about you is you're, you're staying very positive through this whole thing. A lot of people would use that as an excuse to be a crybaby. Like, you're literally, I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm there sometimes. Well, like the pain is over Everybody the top. can have a breakdown. <laughs> so, Hen and Hog, what is the mission there? Like, what, what is, what's your motto? What are you, what are you trying to what are you trying to do? Well, Hen and Hog was kind of a, like, more of the commodity where the price and the thing, like, you watch how the market's going across the board. Like, beef at one time was 12 to $13 an hour. 13 a pound <laughs> an hour. <laughs> I wish I could pay the beef by the hour. These guys are killing me about a pound. But the chicken and the pork tends to hold value. So it was more of looking at a more cost-effective menu that I could offer to the public, still create great-tasting food, and put all my food and love and ambition into every dish and every sandwich and every burger that we make, mm-hmm. but still kind of holding that value, too, because the way we look at it now, like, you could see all this stuff going through the roof. Oh, it's everywhere. Skyrocket. You know, last week Tyson announces that they're closing down three of their plants. Like, well, this is so you control the cost of what the chicken's going to be coming out now because uh-huh. we'll see what happens. It's Hopefully, it doesn't. I hope not, but it's kind of inevitable. Oh, uh, you you guys have a reputation as one of the best chicken sandwiches around, one of the best burgers around. Like, you know, you guys got to check all this stuff out. Um, if I'm a first timer walking into Hen Hog, right? And you want me to come back. You what what do I have to order for the stranger that's coming into town that listens to this show? You're going to Hen and Hog for the first time. You want them to get their freaking bell wrong. You want them to say, Wow, I'm impressed. What does their meal start to finish? All right. So appetizer wise, I've, we've created a lot of stuff. We've worked through a lot of different things. The hush puppies are killing. I've traveled the country and tried hush puppies everywhere. Eyes ours will blow you out. I of have got to try because I haven't found a hush puppy that I like. <laughs> so we do a jalapeno cheddar blend mixed in some other ingredients but they are spot on and i've right. always gone out and had hush puppies that are like come on guys yeah it's like come I, on guys i never got what it's about everyone's like oh, hush puppies hush puppies but i'm dying to try yours man because you're confident about it and i'm sure they're gonna be great i've got a cornbread dish that we're bringing back that i just happened to pull some ingredients out of the refrigerator one day and put these together and for dinner that night with the entire family there like knowing that i was buying mason jar we we're going into that like these two giant trays of nine by 13 cornbread were gone <laughs> But going back to that, the hush puppies definitely. Uh, we do a fried shrimp appetizer that is it. it it's out of this park. Like it's, I love fried shrimp. I'm gonna have to try. It's that a thing. different breading. We do a buttermilk dip, and then we go back in, and then light quick fry them. We do a house made ramelade sauce, nice. a little squeeze of lemon. After that, the Cuban sandwich, which is everything house made. So we do our ham, our pork, our pickles. We do a double blend mustard aioli over the top of it. We bring in bread from La Segunda, bread out of Tampa, nice. which is the original like, that's Cuban, the Cuban bread. bread around here, yeah. That's, that's the one. I mean, it's... So for you guys that don't know, when he says, he just kind of like, you, you just kind of nonchalantly said, <laughs> we make our own pork, make our own ham. No, this guy's making ham, making pork. Other restaurants, you get a Cuban, it's going to be some shit sliced ham that they bought and some pork, you know what I mean? Like you're roasting this stuff and that's why it takes so long and so strenuous to run this place. If you want to do it like that, and you're going to taste the difference. Well, uh, so I have kind of a, a barbecue back, background. Like growing up, uh, being a welder and doing stuff like that, we used to build our own smokers. There used to be like 16 of us that would meet at my buddy's place out in the backyard, and everybody would uh, bring in like bear, antelope, ducks, That's geese, awesome. pheasant, salmon. Like salmon was prevalent in the area because it lived right off of Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. But doing 
catfish and stuff like that. So learning how to smoke, doing the meats, like even pork, a lot of the sausages and stuff like that, like you're grinding it, you're mixing your own flavors, you're coming up with your own recipe. And like our pulled pork, I don't think anybody can stand up to that. It's three and a half hours of smoking and then we slow braise it. I have a couple other techniques at the end as far as cooling it and things that we do, but it's super it's moist. It stays, the flavor stays, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. We do the same thing with my ribs and I got a brisket that I just recently changed up my recipe that I do more of like a Florida salt rub fish you would do, but I do that on our brisket huh. with a bunch of different herbs and Interesting. stuff like that. So it creates that crust when we smoke it. Which is going to hold in them juices. It holds in the ju- it's, it's awesome. phenomenal. Like, I love it. And we did that. When we used to do some of the stuff for the Florida Film Festival. We did some of the 30, 40, 50-pound groupers and would do this salt crust rub. And I'm like, why can't I do those other meats and things like that? So What a great idea. kind of created that. I love a good – you know, you know, so many restaurants mess the brisket up. <laughs> it's, like, dried out gross. Like, if a good brisket, man, is one of my favorite things off a of barbecue, but it's got to be made right. Well, and that's some of the things that I've learned over the past. So – College degree, doing stuff, going through things like that, like learning how proteins expand when you heat them, and you want to cool them down. And a flavor. you're like one of those mad scientists, yes, chefs. One hundred percent. We're literally just the ice. So my daughter Leah is trying to make tapioca pearls or something downstairs a little while ago by hand with flour and water, watermelon flavored or something. And you're like, I've got a machine that'll try to bring in <laughs> chemicals and. Well, it's the pearls with the calcium and stuff like that, yeah. but it's it's kind of on the order of what she's doing. It's it's fun. It's you might as well learn anything and everything. If you're going to be in the business, you can always go back to I need a garnish on this dish. What can I make? What can right. I create? Like I can't wait to collaborate with you, man. <laughs> It'll we're going we're gonna to do. I got that big dinner with Francesco coming up, and you and I are going to do a dinner next. Uh, we'll blow some people away with it. Great. Sounds so great. you said you grew up watching Food Network and all the famous chefs and stuff. So from back then to today, who is your all time favorite famous chef? You know, like chef. Well, I'm going to say Wolfgang Puck because I actually got to work with him for two years here okay. at Disney property. I got brought in as a regular old line cook, set up that way. But the, talk about that experience. How was that? Phenomenal. Like almost like starstruck when he walked around the corner, and it was like, "All right, this is cool." Was I'm it like, cool? I mean, did he? Oh, very teach nice. You? Very good. Come, come <laughs> to like, but to go up and talk to him and say, "I f- feel weird asking for this. Can I get a picture so I can send it back to the family?" Hey, he was probably flattered. Come on, come on up, and he's. Tiny little guy. <laughs> but but he's funny, skilled, and he? he is skilled. He knows what he's talking about. He would walk down the line and watch him walk up to every station and cut off a little piece to taste everything. Good, 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 good. What are you doing? Perfect. Like He seems like genuine like that kind of guy. Like That's the he persona is. he is. Because a lot of these guys, what I'm so sick of is the dickhead chef. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm a psycho and yelling at people and stuff. That doesn't fly anymore. Wolfgang seems like just Down to earth, genuine. 100%. That's awesome. He did sign us with one, the, the first time we had, we had, we're doing uh, Islesworth for the golf outing. And he was just starting out on the, the QVC selling of all of his products and stuff like that and sent it to us that says, You guys need to cook everything on these. I'm like, Oh no, we're in trouble. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, who is your, we're going to just ask some random foodie questions now. Who's your favorite local chef? Because we got Orlando, it's got a bad rap. Like, oh, Orlando's chain city. No, it's not. Orlando's foodie scene is blowing up right now. We have a lot of people doing a lot of cool things. We're getting our Michelin stars now, things like that. Who do you like locally? I mean, for me, more so, it's more of the dishes and stuff that's done. So definitely Henry from over at Kabuki. Okay, yeah. Great, great choice. I will always say Brandon McGlamory. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there, there's stars around here, man. We're really, it, it's, I mean, you're one of the people too, man. Like, you're, 
you're being. I don't look at it that way. I know I'm, you, I'm learning. I love it. You're very humble. <laughs> so, if you could eat one food every day, you, like you, the rest of your life, you're eating one thing. What is it? We actually talked about it on the way over here. It's going to be crab legs, shrimp, like low country boil, <laughs> seafood. I'm 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 a seafood, seafood freak, one hundred percent. So you two are foodies, and I asked you this, and I'm going to ask you where where do you like to go eat? Because we were talking about it downstairs. We only get to go out on like Sundays, Mondays, things like that, which is typically B team for some restaurants. But you know, if you guys were leaving here right now and you say, "Hey, we're hungry. We're going to go grab a quick bite." What's a, what's an Orlando? secret place that you know doesn't have to be michelin restaurants these are these are where's, where's a cool place to go get a hell of a good meal i mean as far as what i do it's more of like first first time openers like give them about a month to get open go try new stuff yes i don't really frequent the same spots many times i mean it's random mm-hmm. but i'm more of like let's go see what let's, see, what, let's see what the scene is let's let's go try this out so I've got a really good friend, uh, Jason Shenfield, was one of my old. I love that guy. One of my old chef instructors, who we became really good friends after, because he's he's coming to eat. And he goes, dude, you're killing it! Like I I love what you do. I love your passion. We were you were always one of my favorites in class. Like you knew when to come up first, and you knew when to come up last. He's a great guy. He's phenomenal. He came in at my restaurant, and had dinner the other day, and it just genuine, cool, knowledgeable, like crazy. And uh, he's living a life, man. He's traveling around. One hundred percent, man. I, I love that guy. So we we shoot stuff back and forth off each other. You know, ideas, thoughts. What would you do? How would you do this? Um, it's fun. It's good. It's good to have people like that in your life. Um, he's a great person to have to get advice and stuff like that. So what's next? Where where, where do you want to go with the Hog? What do you what What's your plan? Uh, I tried winning the lottery because I was looking at retirement. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying. I mean, as far as we're at right now is basically get the word out there. Try to build this back up because I definitely took some hits uh, with being sick and being closed right. for two and a half weeks, a week and a half. I got another surgery coming up, but I have a crew in place to You're ready for help it this out. time. I'm ready for it this time. I mean, the first one was like blindsided. Right. How, what's going to What am I going to do? My closing? What am I going to do? Like, I mean, obviously, I, you got to get your health better first. 100%. And then after that, it's build up the hunt and hog, man. And I kind of did something on the backside, like letting our followers on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, knowing what was going on and saying, hey, support local, come and give us a hand. Like, it might have looked like we closed down, but we're back up and running. And some people got their hands on. Everybody's going to be naysayers and well, what you should do. And, this is what I sh- and what you should do and how you should do it. I'm like, well, that's not how we created this philosophy of what we do and how we do it. It's definitely chef-driven. Definitely want quality food. And, like, I don't ever feel like I'm just want to hand over the reins and let somebody else do what I love. Right. I mean, it's your baby. I mean, you, this is 100%. your inspiration. This is your thing. You know, it's hard to just let go, you know? No. So, I mean, there's stuff that we've added. We've got the the beer wine, and now we have the, the fortified drinks with the wine spirits, which are 24%. So which we add cocktails there's some on. great drinks you can make with that stuff. Oh, yeah. And I had one of my good friends that helped out with my first bar when I had Wolfie's Pizza Mia. Come in, still good friends, hang out, and created this new drink menu, drink nice. list that fits to the food. Right. Or so, still Southern inspired, but still some new stuff. But, but it pairs well. Pairs well with everything. And it and the price is half of what you would pay for a normal cocktail in a bar. So you can drink two of them and you get the same amount. And you're going to be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get the same results. <laughs> so it's, it's more of a, an idea of what we can do and where we can go without having to spend $400,000 for a liquor license. That's awesome, man. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up. 
Are you guys um, ready to eat some crab sauce? Absolutely. Killer bread I made? <laughs> All right, cool. Sir. You had me at food. All right. So we're going to do a quick wine review. I'm a psalm. If you guys didn't know, I do my little psalm thing. So we're going to talk about this uh, Zanato Amarone that we're drinking right now that's going down so good. It's 2015 Zanato Amarone. It's um, from uh, the province of Verona. It's in Veneto region. Now, I... Like the Amarone to me, it gets better with age. This 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 wine can go for 20, 30 years and still be great. This is eight years old. It's prime time to drink it. But again, the longer it ages, the better it gets. And what makes it like special, it, I always call Amarone like Napa Cab of Italy. Like it's got that very similar, right? It's got like that cherry big. You can eat a freaking ribeye with this, you know? So what makes it special is they dry the grapes a little bit before they press them, which any other wine in Italy, they just press the grapes like they make every other wine. But on the nose, is you're going to get black cherry, a little bit of smoke, um, a little tobacco-y chocolate type. It's, it's very much like them Napa cabs. And on the, on the palate, it's going to be very cherry and, uh, you know, dark fruit. And it just it, it hits hard. It's uh, creamy tannins, medium to full-bodied, and uh, it's about 100 bucks a bottle, and, and you can really enjoy a nice wine. You're going to want to let it open up for a couple hours, but it's special to me. Um, it's one of the first wines that I got into when I was, you know, not, I was just going to say when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you for doing, you guys both for coming in. I want to definitely do a collaboration with the two of you. She can do the desserts. Me and you will hammer away. I'll do the, I'll do the psalm thing. You do the cooking. I'll host it. You're not going to cook? I'll cook a little bit. All right. I want a salmon cook, too. All right. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll tag team it. It's going to be awesome. She'll come out with the desserts. It'll be great. Um, so, okay, keep the breaking news here. <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep an eye out on my Facebook because I'm going to be selling tickets for that soon. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Anything you want to add? Anything you guys got coming up that you want to talk about? Come out, check out Saturday, Sunday brunch. I mean, we're looking at expanding hours and stuff like that, but we'll see what happens after. Awesome. Steph, you got any, any other uh, stuff going on with Shula Law you want to talk about? Um, We just started a late night happy hour. Well, not really late, late, but um, like an after dinner uh, happy hour. Nice. So you can come get a Prosecco float, beer float, because we, we make uh, sorbets and gelatos. Hell yeah. So, yeah. Which They're is so convenient because you're, a lot of people go have dinner at Park uh, and stuff. Yeah. You go walk afterwards, stop over there and check it out. It'd be cool. All of my new favorites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. When you come see Mickey Mouse, you come to Tornitores, obviously. You go get some desserts at Shalula. And you're going to check out Hen and the Hog. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. If you liked what you heard today, please like, comment, and subscribe for more. And go follow our Facebook page where you can see all the photos from our episodes.